0: go church family Pastor Julie here. I am so excited to be with you in week 2 as we talk about joy and faith. And I'm even more excited to be in a room filled with amazing people. I've got Laura here with
1: me. Hi everyone. We're so excited that Julie is with us today. I'm here with Pastor Matt Hataba. Hey everybody. And Gilbert. Hey everyone. Praise God. I'm trying to be loud because this is joy and it we're is trying joy. to be deliberate yeah. about celebrating joy is our be nature. Absolutely. Joy is our nature and we want to learn how to walk in it, how to never suppress our joy, but how to always increase in the nature of God in our lives. You see, there's so much that God has put in us and there's so much that God has transformed us into, but we could live our whole lives, never enjoy those things, never walk in those things and never really get to know who we are, you know, get to know who our... Our true nature is, so this is what we're doing. We know we're, we're looking at the second fruit of the spirit, the second character trait, the nature trait of God in us. And we're learning why it's so important and how we're going to use the nature of God in us to change our lives and change the world. So this is part two. So this is week two out of three weeks of our series called Joy. This week, we're gonna talk about joy in faith. But before I do that, I just wanna recap. I wanna talk about the purpose of the series, and I wanna talk about what we've mentioned so far. So the purpose of our series is this. We want the Go Church family to actively participate in the joy of the Lord during the Christmas season. This month, we'll be looking at joy by nature, joy in faith, and joy in action. So if you notice, joy by nature is love, joy in faith is grow, and joy in action is go. Joy is not a feeling, but it is the outworking of the nature of Christ which we are called to live by. A walk in joy is a walk in victory. I love that.
0: That's so good.
1: We want to walk in victory. Yes. And in order to do that, we have to allow the nature of the victor to come out. So what did we talk about last week? Just to quickly recap, we talked about the fact that in a nutshell, joy is not an emotion and joy is not something that you can lose. Joy is only something that you can suppress, but really it is the identity of a born again believer. It is the nature and the character of God in us when we said yes to Jesus. Joy is our character because it's God's character. God is joyful and his presence is fullness of joy. God sits in the heavens and he laughs. Jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness. The Holy Spirit when when he comes upon us and we when he comes to live in us and when he fills us up we are so joyful that we risk looking ridiculous to the world. We we risk looking drunk to the world. And that is something we see in Acts chapter 2. That is something we see in Ephesians uh, chapter 5 verses 18 and 19. And so this this week, we're going to talk not only about the nature of God, which is, you know, experiencing the unconditional love of God, but we're going to learn how to grow in that love. We're going to learn how to See, you know, how to experience joy and how to connect our joy to our faith walk and what we really have hope in. So, the first question I do want to ask is how does joy come? You know, how obviously we know that joy is already present when we are born again, so it's not like you know we lose it or you know, it appears or, or, or whatever. But when I say, how does joy come? I mean, how do we increase in joy? How are we able to allow that joy to flow more freely? And the answer, because I like answering my own questions. That's why I'm not, uh, that's why I'm on a podcast and not necessarily in a grow group. But I actually wanna read John uh, chapter 15 verses seven through to 11. If you notice, this is familiar to us because we read this last month in our Pray Like a Champion series. So just allow me to read this through. John chapter 15, verse seven. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. As the father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Wow. Praise God. It's a lot there. Yes. I mean in all of these chapters in, in in John chapters 14 through to 17 um you know I call it the the lord's epistle to the church because this is you know there there are some precious things that Jesus is saying and he's not saying it from the perspective of the old covenant but he's saying it you know ahead of you know his death and 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 burial and resurrection and You know, he's saying it expecting to walk into his new ministry, which is the high priestly ministry in heaven, whereby he he's always praying for us. You know, he's always uh, revealing his his blood to the father on our behalf. You know, he's always interceding and helping us and and bringing our words before the throne of God and allowing us. To move forward Praise in the things God. that he has in store for us. So he's saying these fantastic things. And and here he says, you know, we talk about abiding in him and him abiding in us, his words abiding in us. And when there's that free flow of unity between us, that we can ask for whatever we want. And he the Father is glorified because we have, you know, we receive those things that he has in store for us. So he's talking to us really about our union. He's talking to us about the the nature of God. And he's, he he says specifically that if, if my words abide in you, you know, and then in verse 11, he says that these things I have spoken to you so that your joy may, so my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be made full. So we see that joy increases when the word of God speaks to our spirit. The joy increases when Jesus spoke and Jesus is revealing in all the fullness of God, the promises of God towards us. So you notice that it's very similar to how we receive faith because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But just in the same way joy increases when we hear the Word of God, when the Word of God abides in our hearts, when we're able to really, not, not just think with our minds, but have a revelation in our spirit of that Word of God for me.
0: So let's examine why those two things are connected, because that's exactly right, there's a, there's a proportionality there, right? Yeah. Faith comes when I hear God's Word. Joy increases when I hear God's Word. Why? Because joy is the evidence that I believed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love, when I was reading through you these notes that, that you prepared, I love that statement. Me too. Joy is an expression of my confident expectation that what God said, He will do. Yeah. <laughs> and and this, is, this is a critical aspect for us to first see, and then second, for us to monitor ourselves. You know, the Bible again and again says that we are to take heed unto ourselves. In other words, uh, I shouldn't be really looking about you. I need to take a close look at me. And if I'm not excited about something, it means I don't Really expect it to happen.
1: Yeah,
0: that's right. If I expect something is going to happen, and it's a good thing, then you're gonna identify some expressions of joy about me. And that uh, that that statement of this this passage here that you just read in John 15 is critical for us to recognize that joy will act like a meter. That I can identify, do I believe what he said
1: or not? Yeah, that's really good. And with what you're saying, I actually want to read Romans chapter 15, verse 13. Yeah. It says this. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So much hope and believing and joy. And you know, what, what does this all mean? This is, there's so much here. Let's go back to this first part. Now, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. Yeah, so, and that's, that yeah.
0: hope there, that's not wishing. Yeah, that's right. That's confident expectation.
1: That's right. So-
0: Defined expectation. Yeah.
1: Exactly, absolutely. We see that joy is connected to hope and faith and those components it's not a great word to define them but those you know those things are connected and work together yeah and we see what pastor matt was saying about joy being a meter of where your faith is right here you know the god of hope will fill you with all joy and peace in believing so when you are believing you will have joy and you will have peace manifesting in your life. So not only is it somewhere deep down as the nature that we've been talking about, but it will start revealing itself and showing itself. And we start we start walking in those things and we start visibly seeing those things in ourselves when we have faith. So faith really brings those, those things out of us. And I I, I want to go back to what, you know, what Pastor Matt just said about hope. Hope is not, you know, wishing or the way we really use it in the English language. Hope is, Bible hope is a confident expectation of a good end. So an expectation that this belongs to me, you know, an expectation that even though I don't see it, I know it's mine. And I know that, th- that promise or that, uh, that confidence is because God promised it or because God is doing it. So hope is connected to God's promise, which belongs to me, but I don't see right now. And faith is defined in the Bible as the substance of things hoped for. So faith is basically what takes hope, and pulls it into the now reality. Yeah. And joy is connected to both of those things. And I want to, I really want to present an illustration, which which I presented in uh, two years ago in the message, and it just helps us think through these different elements to see how they're connected. So let's say, you know, I I was sitting with Roy two years ago and we were discussing this. Roy really likes guitars. I mean, this is something he's very passionate about. And he, you know, he likes uh, electric guitars, acoustic guitars. So I told him, let's say, you know, we're sitting here, but I told you that I had bought you the electric guitar that you wanted and it's upstairs. How would you, how would he react in that moment? So happy. He should be, right? Yeah, But but he's never seen the guitar. But he knows that it's up uh, upstairs. But he's not touching it and playing it. But he knows that he, he knows that he will. So like he's confident that what I said measures the reality, right? Like yes. it it is a measure of reality. So the fact that the guitar is his and it's upstairs sparks something in him, right? So like yes. there there's a there's a response to the hope so a lot of that's the thing a lot of believers mix faith and hope up and like you know faith will do something to your hope or faith will do something to hope but you know a lot of a lot of believers just have hope in something hope that you know this belongs to me and i will see it at some point in the future and in this illustration so the guitar belongs to to roy and yes, he, he, he receives the fact that this is a gift. This is his, my word is true in that situation. And so he can go up anytime and get his guitar nothing's stopping him. So in this illustration, faith is the action that he's taking to go up the stairs, so step by step by step by step, this is the walk of faith, because he still takes another step, he still doesn't see it. He takes another step, he still doesn't see it. You know, there there are a few, uh, you know, there's, there's a big staircase between him and, and the guitar, but he keeps walking in the right direction. Because so faith constantly, consistently takes you in one direction. Yeah. yeah? Because he believed. Yeah, that's yes. right, because he believes. So he's consistently going up in in that one direction. So faith is the spiritual action that leads to the material result, and it is something that we consistently do. So faith is not a one-time event, a one-time action. Faith is a walk, and faith is something that we do on a regular basis. Now, where does joy fit in? Joy is, is to me, the way I see it, joy is the bridge between that hope and that faith, because to go from hope, to faith, you need strength. Mm. You need to go up the stairs. You need to keep exercising your faith. So joy is the force, the power that will help you exercise your faith. And the Bible tells us in in Nehemiah uh, chapter eight, verse ten, that the joy of the Lord is your strength. Yeah, yes. you know it doesn't say that the. The strength of the Lord produces joy. It literally says that the joy of the Lord is my strength, yes. so when I choose to walk in joy, then I am choosing to walk in the strength of the Lord.
0: Yes. It's a great it's a great story because you can see some i mean, great it's really this is an allegory yeah uh, it's you can see the the necessary elements and the two things that I want to uh, kind of highlight is in order for um in this case roy to first be in a place where he's willing to take the action to go upstairs and and receive and take his gift and then second for him to to for us to see those expressions of joy of him like hopping up and down and clapping his hands and saying yay 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 you know how he is (laughs) Um, (laughs) sorry roy so the the thing is in order for us to see that, it starts with, he must believe yeah. that what you say is true. Yes. And if he says, yeah, whatever, I, 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 know, I know him. He's, he's probably saying something just to make me, you know, get me excited and he's just going to let me down. And that's really how a lot of people treat the Lord because they don't know him. And they say, oh, I don't know if he'll do these things for me. Maybe I haven't been good enough. Maybe he's actually trying to teach me a lesson by keeping things from me. And none of that can be found in the Word of God because that's not what he's like. But if we don't, if we don't know him, we can't receive from him because we, the way we receive from him is by faith. Yeah. And so the faith is that action. In the, in the allegory that you tell, faith is the action that gets you out of the chair and walks up the stairs. Yeah. Joy is the strength to keep going. Uh, everybody that's listening to this podcast has probably already woken up this morning. But f- very few very few of you spent most of your time this morning digging through your drawers looking for like $50,000 because you don't believe it's in your, in your drawers between your socks. The thing is, our actions reveal what we believe. Yeah. And so joy is an evidence that I have accepted something that I do not yet see as being true. God's Word is true. But I know I believe it when I get excited about it, when I have those expressions of joy. And that is a measure. And we can see this clearly in Jesus. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, it says that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. And coming back to, you know, the difference between joy and happiness, the cross is not a place of happiness. It's a place of sacrifice. But the Bible says that Jesus went to the cross in joy. and. I, that, gives, that, that should uh, encourage us because that means that we can go through places of hardness and through times of sacrifice in joy. Yeah. Joy of what? Something set before us. And in the case of Jesus, the thing that was set before Him, the promise that was set before Him was Gilbert and Laura, He was so confident that what he would do on the cross would affect you. He gladly, with joy, the strength, it wasn't the nails that held Jesus to the cross. It was the joy of the Lord in the confident expectation that the work that he was doing would affect you. Praise God. Praise God. Yeah. And that same joy is at work in
1: me. Yes. That's right. I want to pick up on something that you were saying about the place of happiness or the place of joy. And I want to emphasize that point because... We, you know, a lot of time when we say rejoice and you know what, you might come to one of the believers' gatherings and we all get excited and we take a decision to rejoice. It's like, okay, they're just, you know, they're just putting it on. You know, they're just acting like it. Yes. That's exactly what the exactly. Bible says. <laughs> <laughs> the Bible literally says,
0: put on joy. That's right. And uh, that that is, a, that is a New Testament practice. Yeah.
1: And I, I want to mention the fact that this so this is the fact. Jesus could have had could have responded to what's in his soul, which is probably sadness. You know, I'm sure he was tempted to fear. I'm sure he was tempted to, you know, you know, have these these thoughts about what he was about to go through and what this is gonna feel like. And hey, he was in a body, right? I mean this is something that was a lot of pressure on him. We saw that when he was praying in the garden prior to that moment. But he didn't respond to the situation with a soul-based response, an emotions-based response. For the joy that was set before him, he carried it through. So the joy of the Lord was his strength in that moment to be able to fulfill the mission. And this is my point. Sometimes, you might react in a negative way, and that's a soul response. And sometimes, even though you don't feel like it, you can respond to the situation with joy, and that is a spiritual response. So we need to disconnect the idea of rejoicing from an emotional response. This is, like I said you know, last, in the last podcast, joy produces emotion, but it is not an emotion. You know, it is a spiritual nature that we're allowing to come out of us. And that spiritual nature, when it is flowing, produces strength. And when it is flowing, allows our faith to manifest. And we are, we're quickly running out of time on yeah. this podcast. And we don't want to take a lot of time. I do want to say two things. Before I get to the Bible illustration, this is the one thing I want to talk about. I want to just point out real quick the letter of the Philippi- you know, the letter of Paul to the Philippian church, and in, in this short letter, uh, Paul talks to the church from a jail cell. You know, we've already explained the context in the last couple of months, um, but then he's talking to a church who's facing severe economic difficulty and they're going through a lot themselves. He's going through a lot, they're going through a lot. And in that letter, he keeps saying, rejoice. rejoice." He says rejoice 27 times in four chapters. Praise God, yeah. And yeah, he says rejoice and other times when he doesn't say rejoice, he implies rejoice. <laughs> <Yeah>. You know, <laughs> where he's talking about praising and he's talking about uh, just the, the, the thankfulness and there's so many, so many elements to that. And what I do want to point out is I want to encourage you to just, just in your own time, this is not the discussion that we're going to have in grow groups, but go through that letter and look at it from the perspective of where they are in the natural and then understand what is happening in the spiritual and i want to read just this one one uh, portion of scripture as as an example uh of what i'm talking about and this is in uh in philippians chapter uh, 1 in verse 18 starts in the second part of verse 18 Paul says this, and because of this, I rejoice. And yes, I will continue to rejoice because I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance.
0: Glory to God.
1: So, so he's saying, I rejoice. I will rejoice. I keep rejoicing because I know that whatever has happened, I know that you guys are praying for me and I know I'm getting out of this mess. I love that. Yeah. So, Uh, Let's make that
0: practical. A spiritual response to bad news, a spiritual response to uh, a difficult situation is to rejoice. Yep. Let me say that again. A spiritual response to bad news or a bad situation is to have or make expressions of joy. Yeah, yes. So, what are expressions of joy?
1: Praise God. Hallelujah.
0: Yeah. So, praise in my mouth, mm-hmm. out loud. Yeah. Laughter and dancing. Yeah. If you see a child, children make great examples of joyful behavior. Yeah. Right? At Christmas time, they unwrap the gift and they get up and they dance around, they are doing what? They are rejoicing. They are being joyful. They are uh, expressing gladness. When I get Christmas cookies that Julie makes, I express gladness. There's an expression of gladness that rejoicing is the appropriate spiritual response because it demonstrates that I have an expectation that the situation, which is bad, is going to change because I have promises from God. Yes. And I believe them. And so the most spiritual thing that I can do when I get bad news is to fill my mouth with laughter. Yep. Not wait for the situation to change. Because when the situation changes, then I can have happiness. Hmm. But I can have joy before I see a change. Yes. And that joy releases the strength of the Lord.
1: Yeah. Yes. So with that light, let's go back to the main scripture. Yeah. First Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16 through to yeah. 18. Rejoice always. Always. Pray always. without ceasing. In everything, so in every situation, in every bad situation, not because of every bad situation, but in every bad situation, give thanks. Yeah. yeah. Because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.
0: I'm not giving thanks for the bad situation. I'm giving thanks for the answer Yeah. Yes. to the bad situation. Yeah. And that answer lives in me. Yeah, that's right. He lives in me. The greater one lives on the inside of me. Amen. And if I believe that... It will affect the way I act, yes. and the way you'll see how I act is a, on my
1: joy meter. Yes, praise God. So the second thing that I wanted to mention in closing—you know, we love closing. This is on this podcast. We close a few times. <laughs> yeah, Paul closed <laughs> Philippians like three times. <laughs> you see, <laughs> <laughs> so so I do want to point us to the illustration finally, or the finally, dis- brethren. Finally, brethren. Um, I want to point us to the illustration that we're going to talk about this week in our grow groups. And what we're going to do is something a little different. We're not actually going to read a passage of scripture. Well, actually, we are going to read a passage of scripture. We're not reading a an illustration or a story per se, but we're going to read a psalm together. And that is Psalm 27. There are only 14 verses. It's not a very long read, but I encourage everyone in their grow groups to read this script passage of uh, this Psalm together. And we're going to look at the context of the Psalm. You know, we're going to look at King David who wrote the Psalm. You know, what was he going through something at the time? Was he, why did he write this Psalm? You know, why did he write the things he did in that Psalm? How does he respond to the bad situation? And what was he expecting to come out of the bad situation? So basically the revelation in the main scripture, first Thessalonians chapter five, verse 16 through to 18, how did King David apply it to his situation? And what can we take from this? And how can we apply what King David did to our lives? Really, we're gonna look at Psalm 27 and learn how to meditate in Scripture and learn how to respond to a situation through Scripture and in the way that the author of, the co-author of the Scripture, did I say co-author because David wrote, but then really the Holy, the Holy Spirit Holy wrote. Holy Spirit
0: inspired him.
1: And so we're gonna take that time and really enjoy ourselves and, and, and see ourselves. In Psalm 27.
0: Yeah. I mean, verse 11, teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a plain path. You know, how many of you have ever come to a place of decision? I'm not sure what to do. What should I do? I don't know what to do. Well, we can just take the 27th Psalm and put it into practice. This is an opportunity for us in our grow groups to meditate on the word, to chew it up and take the nourishment out and we turn this into a rejoice, rejoicing and a joyful prayer because these are promises that show us his will teach me your way lord i thank you that the teacher lives on the inside of me the anointing that I have received of you abides in me. And you teach me, you, you tell me which way to go. You, you show me which way to go and you, you lead me in a plain path. Your path is plain before me. So I always find myself in the center of your will. i always make the right decisions because, uh, because you're in me, I thank you that I I don't go to the left or to the right but I move forward in your plan and I am not touched by the wicked one the wicked one touches me not no I stay right in the center of your will Lord I thank you that you are leading me even now I might not know everything but I know you What am I doing I just took one verse out of the 20 uh, out of the 14 verses in psalm 27 and i put it in
1: my mouth you prayed like a champion
0: i prayed like a champion Amen. i had gone for the podcast last week yes. last month i should say <laughs> but uh, yeah this is uh, this is a chance for all of us to do this in our grow groups dig in and put the word of god to work in our mouth and uh, when we pray like that if we believe it we'll know it because of those expressions of joy yeah yeah and so, when the thought comes, oh, i don't know what to do ha ha ha. <laughs> I do know what to do. Yeah. I know exactly what to do because the knower lives on the inside of me that's
1: right, yeah Yeah. I, you know we we've we've experienced these moments where, as a congregation, we just start laughing and laughing and laughing, and my spirit's just celebrating and the promises of God, and my brain's like, what, what are you doing <laughs> and And the reality is that you know my My spirit knows things and my brain needs to catch up. Yeah. And the more you release what's in your spirit, the more your brain can catch up. You know? That's right.
0: Everybody should take some time and just uh, dance and laugh in your bedroom by yourself. That's very spiritual. That's right. And it is a good practice and a way to grow strong in faith because it releases the strength of God in our daily life. That's true. Well, we could keep talking about these things, uh, but I'm looking forward to the Grow Group discussions and putting this word in your mouth. And uh, if no one told you yet today, we want you to know that we love you and we'll pray for you. God bless you.
1: Thank you for listening. Go Church Bay Ridge is your place to love, grow, and go. We want everyone to experience the unconditional love of God. Grow in His love. And go with His love to the rest of the world. On behalf of the entire Go Church family, we wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.